Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord. It would have been all right with me if Brother Boyd would have just kept on preaching. Amen. What a wonderful word that we've heard this morning and the spirit of God that we felt. I know I stand between you and this taco bar, uh, but can you handle a few more minutes? All right, all right, all right. Go with me. You can remain seated. I know we've been up and down. Go with me to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and I want to move as quickly as I can without impugning the word of the Lord. My, 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 what a word from Brother Williams this morning. I say this as a compliment, Brother Williams, and out of respect, but I like plain preaching that I can understand. I, I, I like plain preaching that I can understand. That, that, that was a word this morning. Amen. You remember as children we'd play with Lincoln Logs? Everybody remember Lincoln Logs? My dog house is built out of Lincoln Logs. You know, I can take mine down and put it under the shed for a while, and when Jenny says it's time to go to the dog house, I can build it right back up pretty quick. <laughs> but I am convinced that Brother William's dog house is made out of concrete and steel. <laughs> and it, it, it's a permanent structure. <laughs> Oh, Sister Sharon, henceforth there is a crown laid up for you. <laughs> no, I love him. I love him. Second Corinthians 4, verse 6, I give honor to my pastor and first lady, and as always, it is a privilege. It is a privilege, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, to stand before the greatest people in the world. I love this church. I love this church. Praise God. 2 Corinthians 4 and 6, and again, you can remain seated. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We're troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair persecuted but not forsaken, cast down but not destroyed. Father, I love you. So thankful for the privilege to be in the house of the Lord today. God, I'm asking for the next few minutes that our mind and hearts be clear, that we can focus on the word of God and what thus saith the Lord and help us today, Father, not to be just a hearer of the word of the Lord but also a doer. And we give you praise and adoration in the name of the Lord and the whole house said amen. I probably can throw out about half of this because Brother Williams was all over my... He read some same scriptures. He talked about some same stuff, but we'll press forward. It, it had snowed in the city, and a man was out shoveling his driveway and his sidewalk and um, trying to get the snow cleared out of the way, and two young boys come along with a, 
with some shovels in their hand, and they said, sir, for a small fee, we would help you shovel this driveway or we'll finish it for you. And he said, no, boys. And he smiled at them and said, that's, I appreciate it, but that's all right. And the boys looked back at him with a smile on their face and said, it's okay, sir. The majority of the work we get anyway comes from people who quit halfway through. And I think these boys have hit on a very important point. And have you ever noticed how exhilarating it is or, or how exciting to start something new, a new project, whether that be maybe uh, remodeling your home, maybe you picked a room and you, you tear the carpet up and you pull the baseboards up. and It's fun then when you get to tearing stuff up. And, but then it comes time to start painting the walls and then it's time to install the new floor. And, and, and about halfway through this process... Uh, it begins to lose its appeal and the greatest temptation we face is to quit especially when things get tough we we want to quit it's it's football season right now and for those of us that care about football which i know is a small minority in this house but but we talk about high school football and we talk about college football and we talk about the gators and and i can't help but this time of year to uh, football season brings me back to my young days in high school where we played football, and I, I can remember Jeannie on the sideline with her pom-poms cheering for me, saying, come on, Jerry. <laughs> but the thing about football, the, the, the roughest thing was, was something we referred, referred to as two-a-days. You remember two-a-days, Brother Everett? You'd be there at the field before daylight in July and August. And we'd practice. They'd have to turn on the lights. It was so early in the morning, practice. And then we'd go to the watermelon field and pick watermelons the rest of the day or crop tobacco or log. And then that evening, you had to come back. And we had another practice, two-a-days. It, it, was, it was tough. It was tough. And I can remember my first year into it, I said, man, this is about three days. I said, this is crazy. You know, I, I, I'm going to quit this. But I, I'm thankful that I had a daddy that would not let me quit. He said, you started it, and you're going to finish it. And he said something to me back, way back then that has stuck with me my whole life. He said, Jerry, if you quit now, you'll quit the rest of your life. So I stuck it out, and uh, I remember it practice, and I remember phrases that the coaches would be hollering at us, you know, and We'd be running gassers or running bleachers, and you'd be, pardon me, but you'd be puking your guts out, and you think you couldn't make it. One old coach would holler, no pain, no gain. Had another one, our offensive line coach, he says, it, it isn't the man, it's the heart in the man that's going to make him go further. And you, and you got to want it more than the other guy. But when things really got tough, we had a, a younger coach that would, Come and he'd whisper in the ear hole of your hammock. There'd be tears, tears coming from my eyes. I had puked all over the place. And he'd get in the ear hole of your hammock. He said, Jerry, whatever you do, don't quit. And so today, just for a little bit, I want to preach to us from that thought. Whatever you do, don't quit. Solomon said, 
In Ecclesiastes 9 and 11, the race is not to the swift or the battle to the strong. And Solomon was saying something out of a coach's manual, if you will. He was saying it's not always the strongest man or a woman. It's, it's, it's not always the toughest or the, the most athletic. He made an observation that many times to be a winner simply means don't quit. Don't give up. Don't give in. No matter what adversity comes your way, no matter what happens, no matter how hard this race of life gets, don't quit. But in order to be a person that won't quit at the least little adversity that comes along, you're going to have to be tested and you're going to have to be tried and you're going to have to learn to bear some things. There's some, there's some things and some problems and some adversities in life that you're going to have to be willing to get under and take the load and bear it and endure some hardships. If not, you're never going to make it through the tough times. You know, sometimes on Saturday night or Sunday night, I can be sitting in mama's living room in the recliner, kick back, and, and uh, I'll, I'll hear in there with, with Ethan and she'll say, well, baby, cook him a grilled cheese. She said, baby, you want me to cut it up in squares for you? You want me to take the outside edges off for you? And I, I just cringe in my chair because I, I was basically raised in a prison camp. And it was put before you and you eat it. You eat all of it. And not only are you going to eat all of it, you're going to smile and like it while you're eating it. So I, I know sometimes we're quick to blame this younger generation, but, and we, we say that, well, it's the parents' fault. I ain't for sure it ain't the grandparents' fault. No, we've got great young people, great young people. But being a man or a woman of God is hard work. And if you haven't been taught to bear anything or endure some hardships, you will be tempted to quit when the enemy comes in like a flood, and make no mistake, ladies and gentlemen, the enemy will come in like a flood. But God said he'll set a standard up against the enemy. See, most people, most people will quit when things are out of their control. Nobody quits when they can control something. It's when they can't control. And what can happen to us in the moment when we get into something where we don't get our way or, or we get corrected or we get chastised or we go through this and we go through that and we're, we're faced with some perplexity or some obstacle, it, it's very easy. And sometimes we're too quick just to stand flat-footed and throw our shoulders back and say, well, I quit. I'll take my ball and I'll, I'll go home. I, I'm a grown man. I'm a grown woman. I, I don't have to put up or listen to what pastor says of how I should live my life and the standard in which I should live by. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a teenager. I don't have to listen to Brother Justin and Sister Sarah to tell me how I need to act on this trip or how I need to conduct myself. If they don't like the way I am or what I do, I'll quit. And what I see taking place in the in the church world today is this, and, and bear with me here. I'm not here to, to throw stones. We're going somewhere. But what I see is what we hear a lot of from church people is, is about the sins of the flesh. Boy, we, we're quick. We're quick to talk about fornication. We're quick. We're quick to throw somebody under the bus on adultery or alcoholism or drug addiction. We build such a big platform for these sins, which we call big sins. 
But I want to remind us today that sin is sin. And this platform that we build for these big sins, sometimes what gets overlooked is a weakling in the spirit. And we have an obligation today to stand up and try to fight against that. You know, in today's, in today's world, if you didn't do a drive-by shooting last week or rob a bank, you're a Christian. You know, everybody's going to heaven and the road's paved with gold all the way. But, but I've stepped behind this desk the, this morning to, to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost that the time has come. Ladies and gentlemen, it's high time. We're entering a season in our life where we, we, we need to get ourselves established. We need to get grounded. We need to get rooted in some things. If there's something I keep tripping over day after day after day, it's high time I pick it up and get it out of the way and move forward in the power of God. There are people, there are people, there's lies and there's souls hanging in the balance People are dependent on us. Sister Newburn, you've got lost loved ones that are dependent on you. Brother Junior, you've got lost family and they're dependent on you. Brother Williams, you're going to come in contact with people who's dependent on you. And now is not the time to quit. More than ever, we've got to keep pushing forward and push for what it is that God has designed us to do. Paul writes to, to Timothy and Brother Williams referred to this this morning. He says, I have fought a good fight and I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness. Now, now Paul is letting Timothy know here. He says, man, this ain't been easy. I've been shipwrecked. I've been beaten. I've had to fight and scratch my way to get here. But I have finished my course. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? You, you, you got up this morning. It's been so easy. I hit snooze twice this morning. Oh, man. Been so easy to I could have I could have heard Brother Williams this this today there this week in my tractor on the replay there on the website. You know, I, but you got to fight. You got to scratch and you got to dig and you got to press. Now, now's not the time to be quitting. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? How many people's had to fight and dig and scratch to get to a place? Paul said, I have finished. And, and you know what's so troubling about the day that we're living in and is that we have a society that has become comfortable in quitting. I don't want to be offensive today. But we have a society that is, that it, it starts in an early age when we go to kindergarten and we get an incomplete on the report card or, and we never finish school and it, it's condoned and it's okay just to quit. And I'm just using school as an example. I, no, no ill intended to anyone in here. But we just, we, we've made it so easy to quit. And that mentality has bled over into adulthood. And so what we have now is we have adults that just simply quit. When things are tough, we quit. We, we have men and women who have two or three different families, two or three different sets of children for different families, and please hear me today. 
I know there are certain circumstances that are out of our control. We have blended families in our church, and God bless the blended families. But at some point, at some place in our life, we have to make a decision not to quit, not to give up, and we have a society. We have a society that has become acclimated just to give up when it's not in our favor. You know, the first truck I bought, my dad went with me, and I had to have a down payment. You know, you had to put some money down with that thing to get it. Little old Ford Ranger, I think it was $69.99. Had to have a down payment. I'd worked for three summers to put that payment down. And you know, now you can go buy you an $80,000 Ford King Ranch, and you ain't got to leave them one dollar. And at the end of five or six months, if you're tired of paying on it, come get it. Lots are full. You can get a good deal on a repoed vehicle. Walk onto a mobile home lot, pick you one out, bring and set it up. Year down the road, you don't want it, don't like it, quit paying on it. Let them come get it. Just, just quit when things get tough, when adversity arises, we just quit. We, we've got people quitting jobs left and right. And I, again, I understand their circumstances. I looked at an application on my desk last week that they had left there for me from a, from a gentleman 29 years old and had 11 jobs already. People quitting marriage, just, just give up on marriage. You know, used to... Divorces was in marriage because of of um, abuse or adultery. Now you wake up in the morning and ain't happy. And say, I quit. This is it. Happy? You're you're getting a divorce because you're not happy. I have to listen to her in the mornings. She's singing. Oh, she, oh, she, Jenny's a morning person. I got to get myself pulled together. Just let me get, don't mess with me right. Be quiet just for a minute. So every day's not happy. But I'm not going to quit because she's a morning person and I'm not. There's some things we got to push through. And there are people Hear me, and what troubles me in my spirit this morning is, and what I'm preaching to us about is this same environment, this same disease, this same spirit has manipulated its way into the church. And there are people leaving churches at record numbers. And we've got to ask ourselves, and quitting over things that will not matter in eternity. Quitting over things that we could resolve with just a little common sense. And as a church, we've got to ask ourselves, why is this? Why is our retention rate so low? People come and go. Why can't we maintain? And I'm not trying to be discouraged this morning. Stay, stay with me. But Brother Boyd just got through talking about that road, about people cleaning that road. And that's what I'm not discounting the importance of, of doctrinal foundation. 
And we need to establish that with new converts. But sometimes all a new convert needs is just to take them under their wing. So what if they ain't doing everything just like I do? Let's just love them. Let's just love them. Take them under our wing. And say, come on, just because you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, just because you've been baptized in Jesus' name, this road is not fixing to get any easier. As a matter of fact, it's fixing to get harder. So let's buckle down with them and help them clean that road out of that way to the city of refuge and help them get along. And as saints of God, as saints of God, we've got a responsibility today to stand flat-footed on the Word of God and face the devil and say, No, devil, I'm not quitting praying for my lost children. I'm not quitting praying for my healing. I'm not going to quit worshiping my way through this. I will not quit. Paul said, I finished my course. I didn't finish Brother Brian's. I didn't finish Brother Rayleigh's. I didn't finish Brother Davis's. I finished my course. You know why they put blinders on a horse in, in horse racing? Because they want that horse to focus on his race. If he looks and sees another horse gaining or passing, he may have the tendency to try to speed up. And the rider and the trainer knows that we're going to save that burst of speed. It's all right. If they get out ahead of us a little bit, we're going we're gonna to keep these blinders on. We're, we're focusing on our course. We're going to finish our course. I, I, I'm not in your business. I don't have time to tend to your business. I, I'm tending to my own house, and I want to finish my course. And if we would learn to focus on our course and finishing our course, Paul said we are... We're, we're pressed on every side by troubles, but we're not crushed and broken. We're perplexed, but we don't give up and quit. We are hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again and we keep going. And I know there are times when all of us feel overcome by problems and feel like quitting. I know I have been there, and it's not a pleasant feeling. You feel like everyone and everything is against you. You just want to go crawl in a hole somewhere and die. I know what it feels like to want to quit. And if I could be transparent this morning, and don't judge me too hard for this, but there has been Sunday after Sunday when a precious group of people has gathered and got in a van, practiced, prayed, ready to go see God make a change in somebody's life and we get up to an assisted living facility or a nursing home and there's two people. And I know it's not about numbers, but I'm just human. And you say, well, my goodness, what's the use of doing this? I, I know what it's like, Brother Chris, for the last six months to watch our thriving prison ministry with 140 men dwindled down to 25 because of staff and and they can't house them at Mayo. So there's just very few inmates left. I know what it's like. Wow, what's the use? But then comes God in his infinite mercy, in his infinite wisdom. And I, I hope you don't hold this against me. Last Sunday, I traveled to Mayo CI and I tried three times to come up with a reason to call and cancel. 
And the Lord just kept pricking in my heart and pricking in my heart. You just keep driving. You just keep going. The night before trying to put something together was a complete disaster. So what I felt like I had wasn't worth listening to. I get to the, I get to, we had a powerful service here. I'm running behind and I, and I get there and, and because of the catastrophe and the tragedy in the panhandle, Gulf CI is closed down and they shipped them there and we had 178 men. Pews full, standing on the walls. And I'm being completely honest to you. I've been honest with you all morning. I watched as probably close to 100 men weeped as the Spirit of the Lord filled that place. Not, not, not because of what was preached or not because of me being there, but the power and the authority of God, the Holy Ghost don't need no help if we will get out of the way and let the Holy Ghost move in and take over Jesus is in the life-changing business and he can change lives. But we, whatever we do, don't give up. Above all else, don't give up. April, April 22nd of 1987, I went to my first day of public high school scared to death, had never been exposed to, to that many, you know, young adults, young teenagers, and I'm walking down the hall, and I see this ray of light, brown-haired, brown-eyed girl. I was 15 years old, and I seen her coming. I looked over to my cousin, and I said, I'm going to marry that girl. November 23rd of 1996, I stood right here and I got to hear her whisper, I do. Because I didn't quit. I know that's a simple illustration, but if we'll be persistent, on January 13th of 2005, I sit right there where Sister Amy's sitting. Brother Redenauer preached a message entitled, Handfuls of Purpose. He handed out little bags of rice seed and about right here sister Boyd laid her hands on me and I began to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave utterance and you know why that transpired because somebody didn't quit I had a praying church I had a praying mother I had a praying grandmother you never know what the Lord is doing how he's moving so above all else don't quit C.D. Tumman didn't quit. Betty Jean Boyd did not quit. Gladys Goodson did not quit. Brother Bob Gibson has not quit. People are depending on us. And we cannot quit. Ladies and gentlemen, we can't quit. Paul said, I, I'm, I'm rushing. Paul said, unless, in 2 Corinthians 12, he said, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, three times. 
that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. Paul, Paul went through some tough times. He got depressed. He got discouraged. He wanted to die. Paul laid his hands on people and prayed and they were healed. Paul laid his hands on people and prayed for them and they were delivered of demons. Paul laid his hands on the death and watched them rise. Yet Paul prayed three times for the Lord to remove this thorn and nothing. But Paul said, I will not quit. I have finished my course. We could talk all afternoon about what Jesus went through and still finish. Jesus goes into the garden of Gethsemane to pray and he says in Matthew 26 he said he fell on his face and he prayed and said oh my father if it be possible let this cup pass from me brother Williams nevertheless nevertheless not as I will but as thou wilt look, look at what Jesus is saying here he said father I know what's about to happen Furthermore, I know it's got to happen. But here is Jesus who walked on water, opened the blinded eye, raised the dead, says, is there another way? Father, can we, can we come up with a, another plan? Is there some other way that we can get this accomplished? And I, Maybe, Father, it's time to quit. But no, Jesus thought about the whole world that was dependent on him and what was about to take place. And he said, so not my will. Now, when you get down to the heart of the matter, that's a hard, it rolls easy off the tongue. But when you're living it out, pastor, and you say, Father, not my will, that's, that's not my way, not my preference. Not how I want it done. Not how I think it should be done. But Father, your will. I find it ironic that Jesus asked the disciples, could they not pray one hour? You see, before Jesus could ever gain the victory at Calvary, he had to gain the victory in the garden. And that victory come through prayer. I understand and I know that he's the first and the last. He's the alpha, the omega. He's the beginning from the end. And he knows the beginning from the end. And everything is orchestrated. But my mind sometimes turns like a train. And I wonder, wonder what would have happened, Brother Gibson, if, if Peter would have prayed that one hour. He denied the Lord three times and failed. I, I know it was ordained by God, but, but what would have happened if he would not have quit. Because he went to sleep and that's just, just the same as quitting. What would have happened if he would have prayed that one hour? And it made me think. Those nights that I'm awakened. Two, three o'clock in the morning and someone or something's on my mind. And I roll over and. Pull that cover on up over the top of my head and the Lord is pleading with me. Can you not go pray? What, what could have been? What could 
be if I would have followed through and not quit and not went back to sleep. And I, I, I propose to us as a church today, we are facing an hour. We are facing an hour, ladies and gentlemen, that is coming like none we've never seen. And Jesus is coming back. And there are souls that hang in the balance. I look all across this congregation and I say this with the greatest respect. Everyone in here has lost loved ones. Everyone in here has lost family. Everyone in here, not everyone, but there are those in here who's battling sickness, who's battling disease. There is a sick and dying lost world that is looking for a city on a hill. They're looking for someone that just has stuck it out, that hasn't quit. They're looking for a symbol of hope, someone that has stayed the course and lived the life by the standard of the Word of God. Someone that said, you know, I've give a bunch, but I'm going to just give a little more. I'm going to give till it hurts. I've, I think I've pushed. I think I've pushed all I can push, but I'm going to push a little more. I think I've prayed all I can pray, but I'm going to pray a little more. And God needs our very, very best. I'm coming to a close, but in, in closing, I want to share with you just a short clip. And if I need everyone in this house to participate in this, say, I will, Jerry. There's a young man in this clip named Brock. And I want you to dismiss where this clip takes place at, this short video takes place. And I want everybody in this house to put yourself in the shoes of Brock. And whatever it is, it's different for everyone. Whether it's your healing you're, you're trying to get to, whether it's a lost son or a lost daughter, whether it's a lost family member, whether it's a ministry that seems so far out of reach that you're ready to quit. I want everybody in this house to put their, their, their shoes, their, their feet in Brock's shoes, and I want you to understand that we have a God that said He would never leave us nor forsake us, and even in the dark, even in the midnight hour, He's right there with us. Would you, for the next five minutes, watch this with me, please.
next we're about to engage in 30 days of prayer and I promise you there's going to be times that you're going to want to quit and as brother Chris and our musicians come there's going to be times when you're going to say, what is the use? But I am challenging us as a church. Ten people can't accomplish what we need to accomplish. Half this congregation can't accomplish what we need to accomplish. We need to dig down in the deepest part of our souls and find a way to commit to this to climb in this boat and grab a paddle and say I will not quit I'm going to keep paddling I'm going to keep pushing I'm going to keep praying how many times I, I, I kick myself sometimes because I wonder how many times did I quit? Did if I would have just prayed a little more? If I would have just worshipped a little more? If I would have just pushed a little more? That soul that was on the back seat that God was tugging at, God needed some more interceding. But I quit. That healing that that precious saint of God was needing, that God said, if you'll just pray one hour, I'll give that healing. But I quit. I wonder how many times there has been things in our lives that God wanted to do. And he needed just a little more from us. Larry, I wouldn't embarrass you for nothing in the world. Stand up, Larry. You know what happened last Sunday? Do you know what happened? It was because somebody, somebody wouldn't quit. Somebody refused. No matter how she's fought and she's scratched and she's pulled her way through. 25, am I right? 25 plus years. I'm pleading with us as a church. I'm pleading with us as a church. 
if we won't quit this next month. If everyone in this house will give their very best. I'm telling you what, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to see some things like we've never seen in our lives. So these are my closing comments and my challenge to us. Today, at this moment, I want us to plead with God to give us the strength. It's all right if if you struggle to pray 30 minutes. Sometimes I do. But I'm asking us right now to gather around this altar or make an altar where you stand. Let's pray for ourselves. And let's ask God, whatever it is that you're reaching for, if it's a lost loved one, if it's a healing that you need in your life, if it's a ministry that God has laid on your heart, I'm asking, I'm pleading, God, would you give us the strength in my weakness, Lord. In my weakness, Lord, you make me strong. I've stumbled. I have failed in the past. I've quit when I should not have quit. So God, I'm asking you right now, Give me the power of the Holy Ghost to sustain. To embark on this journey of 30 days of prayer and give to you like I've never given to you before. Praise the Lord. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.